This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, host Jason Glick. How's it going? Hey, hey, it's going, it's going all right. Just, just chilling, just chilling right now. All right, yeah, <laughs> it is chilly outside. No, it's not that cold yet, so. <laughs> no, not, not well, yet. Know. I say it's later this week, but you know, it's like I'm just waiting for the, just waiting for it to get much, much cooler. It's like. Cause it's just been so hot for so goddamn long. <laughs> yeah. So what you got on the on the burner tonight, so to speak? Let's see. I've got the latest from a legendary comic book creator. I have Frank Miller's Holy Terror. All right. Yeah. And you know, it's like I I really don't. I, you really can't denigrate what Frank Miller has done in the in the past. I mean, with Dark Knight Returns, with um with Sin City, the man has done more to advance the cause of graphic graphic novels and graphic storytelling in general than than most creators ever will in their enti- entire life. I mean like man like I said the man's um man's place in history is 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 um, virtually assured but you know as I as I said years ago when I was talking my um brought originally discussed him back in my um podcast about when you, around the time when he was um his feature film version of the spirit was coming out Miller's worth um does decrease when you look at him on a you know what have you done for us lately um, level because so while um, everyone everyone loves loves Sin City, loves Three Hundred, loves The Dark Knight Returns, you look at him his most recent stuff like The Dark Knight Returns, um, All Star Batman and Robin, and um, it's kind of like you know like Frank like what the hell happened? It's like you know I mean like I kind of liked um, The Dark Knight Return Dark Knight Strikes Again um, in a, in the sense of like you know how The Dark Knight Returns like this um, like major um, like major work that he had built up, and the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Strikes Again was just like him tearing down that work like a with the mad enthusiasm of someone who's destroying their own sandcastle. I mean, that was fun. I mean, it would have been better if he had titled it, you know, Batman and Robin Spandex Orgy. Um, just gives a sense of the disconnect we're going to have from like the sequel. But anyway, but then you got All Star Batman and Robin, which I haven't finished, haven't read yet, because you know I've heard that it because I've heard just so many things about just that, how how it's either like. Like completely terribly awful, or you know, calculatedly intentionally bad on on Miller's part. And um, but the thing is, like, we're not gonna have any real idea, real ability to assess its um, value until um, until uh, um, Miller gets around to fin- writing it, or, or, or if he has, then won't be, won't be until like Jim Lee gets around to finish to finish drawing it, which probably won't be for a real goddamn long time because he's busy with um, Justice League and Jeff Johns now. Still, and then now you've got um, his latest endeavor, Holy Terror, which is the um, startup, which is the initial comic book offering from Legendary um, Comics. Now, Legendary um, is actually a, it's originally a film group, and they're the people who, who brought us the Dark, the Dark Knight, um, Batman Begins, a whole host of other films. And I thought they're moving into the um, to the comic books production, to the comic book um, business, and you know it's like. Well, a, a lot, I mean, a lot of people have failed this over the years. I will say that Legendary actually stands a good chance of, or a better chance than most of succeeding. If only for the fact they're launching, they've, they have said they're, they're working with Frank Miller as proof here with, with his new book, Holy Terror. They're working with Matt Wagner, creator of Grendel and Mage, as well as a host of other um, great, great comics, and also Paul, Paul Pope. Now, you put these guys um, together, and it's like you know, hey, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll buy pretty much like any, almost anything they it's like they they write, especially Paul Pope, because I mean, like when they say that his ne- his um 
the book they're releasing with him on Pulp Hope is just going to be a collection of all the odd stuff he's um, released over the years, plus some new stuff. Hey, I'm there, man. Just like release it now, I'll give you the money. But um, it's it's smart than like to, to um, launch with like really like you know, really big name authors, authors who who have an odd established audience and who are and with just the established audience is going to run out and buy them no matter what. So. With that note, I have to say that you know I didn't actually buy go and buy Holy Terror as soon as as soon as it was released at the end of September. I mean, the reason you're not getting getting this review sooner is because I I I haven't figured hey you know, hey you know Amazon's selling for like forty seven percent off you know that's that seems like a good deal I could probably like I'm sure there's probably enough good stuff in it good or bad to, to do a podcast on and you know what well uh, I guess I was pretty much right because um, Holy Terror you know. Even at like sixteen bucks um, from Amazon, still wasn't worth the money. And you know, it's, it's not really because of because of the because of the politics. It's not really because of the art. It's not really because of just like the content or the substance. It's it's like before I get into talking about any of those, it's I didn't think it was worth it simply because um, it was like I read through this in less than half an hour. I mean, just. Just like the scant amount of time, there's the the layouts, the art is just like just so not dense and not there's no there's no content to a lot of this to all this stuff. Okay, because like I mean, you start off with some nice introductory pages. I mean, like you, it's just like these real like inks, it's like ink splat like ink splattered pages where um, it's like it's raining in the town of Empire City. You see there, like. Blind Justice, their their answer to the Statue of Liberty, and um, then then from there goes on, goes on to the showing us some scenes of of this town's um assumedly lone vigilante, the Fixer, attack, tackling its cat burglar, Natalie St- Natalie Stack, as she escapes across the uh, rooftops over after stealing a bracelet. And these it, these are like I'll admit these are striking images, but then you, it's the kind of images you look at. You turn the page, you look at. Nice. Okay, that's nice too. Let me turn the page. It's like there's there's not a lot of um like content here, especially in the the opening se- these opening sequences. I mean, you just you look at it. Okay, I can see what's happening here. She's jumping around the she's jumping around the uh, the cityscape. Oh, she's falling falling off a building. She's getting blown off here. Oh, she's being saved by the fixer. Oh, now they're fighting. Oh, now they're about to fuck. Great, yeah. It's like it's like these these first like like first third of this of the graphic novel is just kind of like you know like mature mature readers Batman because because the thing is like the thing interesting about this this graphic novel is it was originally um done as it was supposed to be a a Batman graphic novel from DC and it was its original title was no you probably heard this before but I, I kid you not it was Holy Terror Batman. And the concept was Batman versus Al Qaeda, because the, the high concept is like you know after um, the Fixer and um, Natalie um, you know, stop fucking, um, this this nail bomb blo- goes off over the city, and like like terror is is brought is is brought to the to the city and and it's and and you know it's like reading after reading this you know I I really don't think that it would have been improved. By you know having Batman in here, I mean, I, sw- I mean, like just if you swap out Batman and Catwoman for um, the Fixer and Natalie, 
that it really you know it really doesn't add add that much to that much to things. I mean, yeah, sure the fixture like he likes likes big guns and all. He likes killing he likes killing people because he's really really angry. But I don't know. But the thing is, like he's and this is another big feeling of, of the novels that there's not there, these like um, fixture and Ellie just they really aren't characters. I mean, they're just kind of like they're types. I mean, like fixture, he's just like the uh, the strong, strong, brooding hero who's 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 built just to, like protect the city for this for this one night when terror strikes. And Natalie, she's just kind of like oh, she's like the spun- almost like the spunky sidekick um, who's who's there for like you know provide the guy the hero someone someone to rely on and someone to someone for hi- someone to for the hero to look cool as he saves and then has sex with her afterwards. It's I don't know, it's like they they really. These characters really don't um, aren't really developed enough for you to like form some sort of like basis or attach, attachment to it in order to um, like, care about like the book's other failings. Which is the fact that you know it's it's clear that Miller has some ideas about this is like modeled after like nine eleven and like you know, like a vigilante res- response to it, but it still you know just doesn't doesn't grab you. Does it doesn't seem it just doesn't there's real there's no real depth to it. It just comes. I mean, like, it doesn't really tell us anything new about about the war on terror. You've got, and yeah, you've, you you see the police re- response to it. We see um, like the terrorists and their their plans. And Miller inserts a lot of caricatures of famous famous politicos and um, cable news talking heads. And it's and it doesn't really it just doesn't really add up to add up to much. I mean, yeah, you've got got some some striking images. And I will say that like Miller's Art has like Sin City. I mean, like that's really the dominant form of his style these days. I mean, these big, these big expansive uh, um, panels where like, but um, and less and there's less discipline like where there was in the Dark Knight Returns and stuff like Ronin. And but the thing is, there's just not a lot of like I said, there's not a lot of information on a lot of these pages for you to really to really hold your interest or for anything to be really really said except. Yeah, I will say this: the ending, the um, the final final page with um, which showcases the um, the uh, the books um, like Commissioner Gordon analog, basically um, he was basically like illustrated, shown to be for two pages, like a real tough cop, a real man's man, like completely broken and broken and and, and scared about, about the events that have happened in, in um, Empire City. I mean, that's that was kind of that was kind of affecting just seeing like you know the effects of terror on the normal people, but you know all this other stuff like you know the um, like seeing the fixture and Natalie take on the terrorists and you know they they save us. I mean they save they save the city, but you know do they actually really make a difference in terror? No, they don't. And you know I'm looking at this, I just think that you know I I do kind of wish that Batman had been involved just because you know it's like. When you're talking about like just like real like real big ideas like like terrorism like like terrorism you know it's like just like it's like at one point like one of the um like one of the terrorists talks about you know just like how like how they're they're just like a small cell like they're just like a like a slave a slave to a slave to a slave and like they're just like in service of like a much like a much larger that ideal than they re- they really are and you think you know in order to like to combat that. Come back to like an idea. You need, you really need, you know, a fictional character like Batman, someone who can come, like an idea, who's 
designed to fight fight these people and um and and leave them out and eventually say that, hey, you know, it's like at least in this fictional world, like this fictional hero was able to save us. And I I don't think and on one hand I'm kinda kinda sort of tempted to um say that this is this seems to be where, this might be what Grant Morrison has in mind for his um for the end of his Batman run because it, it in um see because in Batman and Robin Must Die um he he basically um set up the idea of um of Leviathan a world like a worldwide what is apparently a worldwide um super ter- super terrorist group that Batman has apparently got um going to be run up against now he's formed his Batman Batman Incorporated group which is you know Batman across, Batman all across the world and you know what better way to do that than to, to um fight for Batman to fight uh, like you know like a world worldwide terrorist group then you'll have like a group mauled after Al Qaeda that that seems like it could be like you know probably more interesting more telling um, situations so I think that a lot of since a lot of this stu- a lot of um superhero um stuff see when superheroes like ta- superheroes tackle real world stuff it works a lot better when you do it like one step removed like you know with Batman you know with um like Batman and Leviathan standing in for real world um, features than something like this, which, you know, I've been, I've heard said that this is not, not meant to be read, you know, as like, as any kind of real world story. But, you know, when you actually name check Al Qaeda here as the group that's doing all this stuff, you kind of lose all your rights to that. And really it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's really kind of disappointing that, this is like like Frank Miller's first original graphic novel in such a long time, and it's kind of like meh. But you know, I heard he's um, he is going to be doing more Sin City, and you know, I it's like I I line up for that because I mean his current style is ideally suited for that. And you know, it's like I think for me at least, Miller has reached the point where he's got he, he um he's reached the point where you, you you've got to do something that that maybe you know like re, that re-energizes your audience that maybe that you know shows us what we loved about you but you know i'm just the demanding fanboy here and you know hey you know, maybe miller like doesn't know how to do it maybe he just like he just wants to go, hey fuck you i want to do what the i've earned the right to do whatever the hell i want for the re- like for the rest of my career and you know guys guy might be might, might be right for all he's done but um at, but you know after stuff like this i'm starting to think you know i've earned the right not to buy it and just on a final note here, I want to add that you know, like we we recorded last on um, last podcast on Monday because I wanted to um, dive into um, Arkham City afterwards. And let me tell you, all the hype you've heard about it, so fucking true. It's it's a great it's a great game. Um, it 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 is superior to Ar- Arkham Arkham Asylum. So if you haven't bought Arkham Asylum, buy that first before get buying this one. Um, it's it's like it's. It's truly, it's truly fantastic. It's truly fantastic, and you know, even though the story is, it's really a bit overstuffed. I mean, like they crammed just about every, um, like bat villain you can think of here. But the thing is, it's really not that daunting. Because the thing is, I hate to repeat myself, but um, because like this, just like Arkham, Arkham Asylum, this is this story was written by Paul Dini, um, one of the masterminds behind Batman the Animated Series. So really. Yeah. So if you've seen Batman the Animated Series, like, or you've seen enough as many episodes as I have, you will be um like like re- ready to see all of the all the villains here because this because really like this and Arkham Arkham Asylum are kind of like just basically mature readers' versions of what was being done in the, the animated series, and it works 
it works really well here. And even so, like, um, I made series fans are just going to be like, um, want want to um, tune in here, check this out just to hear Mark Hamill's swan song as a Joker, and it's it is truly, truly a thing of beauty. And really, it is his swan song. He's not coming back after this. Just wait until you see the ending, and you'll understand why. <laughs> Don't forget uh, what's his name playing Batman. Oh yes, Kevin Conroy, because like he's yes he's still he's still around. He's still he's just just as good as just as good as always. But you know it's like I now. Nah, as much as I love that guy, there's, there's, I don't envy the man who has to replace Mark as the Joker. Yeah, really, exactly. All right, with that, we'll uh, see you next time. Yep, laters, everyone. Bye.